Welcome to the Mom Needs a Moment podcast. We're your hosts, Chrissy and Cindy, co-founders of Her Health Collective. We are two moms obsessed with revolutionizing the way moms take care of themselves. We are so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Mama Needs a Moment. It's always wonderful to have you with us, friend. This week, we are talking more with Aisha Edwards about the Girls on the Run program. Girls on the Run is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world where every girl knows and activates her limitless potential and is free to boldly pursue her dreams. Aisha is the executive director of Girls on the Run of the Triangle in North Carolina, which serves Durham, Wake, Orange, Chatham, and Johnston counties. She brings a wealth of experience to her role at Girls on the Run, but most of all, she has intense personal and professional dedication to serving children and their families. Aisha strives to impact the lives of the communities she serves. We would encourage you to go back and listen to last week's episode for more information on Aisha's work as a teacher and in the nonprofit sector. Aisha also shares in that episode a success story on how it has positively impacted one of its participants. In part two, Today's episode, we will continue talking to Aisha about the Girls on the Run program and how she has seen it affect the community she serves, as well as how it has affected her own life. We also talk about why our society makes programming like this needed for girls and the challenges girls face that require the building of confidence and inner strength. Here's Aisha. I love how you described it earlier. In one you were just talking right now, talking through the Girls on the Run program is so much more than running. Yes. And I found that out. Our girls just participated in the fall for the first time in Girls Mm -hmm. on the Run. And my oldest is not a runner. And so when I was talking to her about it, she was like, I don't want to run. And I was like, well, this says here that you don't have to run. You can skip, you can hop, you can walk, you can do whatever you want as long as you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had a fantastic time. And obviously we've already talked about how we know that you were a runner, but you're not really a runner anymore. And you've talked a little bit about how movement has played a role in your life, getting healthy, helping your mom get healthy. Mm -hmm. How do you balance a love for exercise and fitness with the need to appreciate body diversity and let go of the pervasive diet culture that exists? in our world today. I mean, it's everywhere. I hear it with our girls. I mean, you with your, your kids, I'm sure you hear it. It's wears me down. (laughs) Yes. 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 Personally, from my perspective, I was that girl in high school that was a beanpole. I was tall, slender, beanpole. We know as mommies, once our little bundles of joy come, we also have some bundles of love handles. (laughs) And People will always see me skinny my whole entire life, like flat chested, just, I mean, I'm just straight up and down. I was fine with that, you know, cause I was, I love to climb trees. I love to do all that, but uh, it was really hard for me when, you know, I had the baby weight on me and people were like, well, boy, Aisha, getting fat. And I didn't realize how harsh it was. Cause I've never been called that word. I've been called being pole skinny. It didn't matter. I mean, it didn't hurt my feelings, but it was, I was like, what do you mean? I think I look good and healthy. So You're then, like, I just gave birth to a human. What yes. do you, I made a human. Yes. And so from my perspective, that is kind of what wore my mental 
down. And I didn't really have that in high school, but I had that as a younger adult. And then seeing my mom and the way that she was going and, you know, how things were going with my aunts and my grandmother, it was just like a repeat. So in my mind, I was like, we need to figure out a way what is causing this, fix the issue, and then come back. As far as fad diets, we didn't do diets. We didn't do healthy eating. Um, We did drink a lot of water because my mom was just like, you know, either we couldn't afford juice or we just drink a lot of water. I don't understand. I didn't, I didn't really ask no questions. But as far as diet, I people come to me, especially when I worked at Healthy Kingsport, I always say, go what's best with you. That's a beautiful thing to say. Yes. Do go what's best what, for you. Yeah. And not everybody, like you said, not everybody's a runner. But if you have the ability to walk, walk. Not everybody is a walker. If you love to run, run. But the first thing that I would say about those diets is you can diet all day. That's what you want to call it. You can eat healthy all day. You can work out all day. But if your mind and behavior has not changed, it will never work as a whole. And when I say your mind and behavior not change, once you get your mind and a perspective of what's healthy for you and what image is right for you, Forget what the world says. And it, and it really is a filter of a block. Like, you know, go back to my house reunions and I have people say, whew, Aisha, you, the weight looks good on you. And, you know, after I got my mind changed, that would have hurt my feelings 10 years ago. And now the queen comes out of me, the confident comes out of me and I go, thank you, girl. <laughs> That's awesome. I love how you think yes. of it. Like the queen comes out in me yes. because an underlying theme that you were saying throughout is, and this is what I've noticed too, is that society expects or believes that our bodies are to stay the same our whole life. I mean, when you were that stick skinny girl, Mm -hmm. you were in high school, Mm -hmm. you, everybody's body changes and, but we're conditioned to think that our bodies are supposed to stay the same and we have to work to keep them looking exactly the same. Right. But that's just not reality. I mean, our bodies are going to shift constantly yes. with what's happening inside our bodies, hormones and making humans and yes. everything like that. And, it's, and it sounds to me when you were talking that it's more about teaching girls, people that you need to be confident with what your body feels like at any size. Yes. Yes. The brain and the heart is the key thing to whatever you see outside of society. And that's why I always tell people it's to feel your best, to look your best is whatever is in this brain part right here. You've got to figure out what, what is the best for you? What is the, what, what is the best you've ever felt? And once you start changing that mind behavior, everything else will fall in place. So, right. It's like yes. getting the oil change. You just got to keep it all together. <laughs> once you keep it all together, you will, you will embrace the change. Right. I, 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 honestly, the older I get, I think the better I look. I mean, that's just, that, that is just me. And I think when I look at people, I'm like, man, it's, it's, you're evolving, you know? Exactly. You're evolving. Mm-hmm. constantly evolving and yes. learning new things. How do you do this when it comes to parenting? So 
with my kids as well, there are these competing forces of Mm -hmm. accept your body the way it is, be a queen Mm -hmm. and diet culture pushing that health is skinny, Mm -hmm. which is false. There are so many different sizes of bodies and you can't tell the health of somebody by just looking at them. How do you do that in your, your parenting? So I always, and this goes for my son and my daughter, I always just instill into them healthy eating lifestyles. And I do not, we don't really push or think about, you know, that person's fat, this person's skinny, that person. I teach my children to look at everybody's heart. And of course, my daughter, well, mommy, I can't see nobody's heart. Look at their inner person. Look at what brings them out into them. And so what I instill into my kids is I try to plant that seed of healthy living, healthy lifestyle, where healthy living is the norm. So once they get to that age of, and my my son, he's in that age right now where, you know, they want to bulk up and, which is fine, but do it the right way. My daughter, we're in the stage of the the training bra. So Mm -hmm. she talks about, well, mom, when will I need that? And that is one thing that Girls on the Run has helped her with is talking that out. Because I was embarrassed to talk to my mom about, you know, I I, honestly, I got my first sports bra from a friend. (laughs) Because I I think I might need one of these things. (laughs) But um, it's like, I just feel like as a baby, I instill in them to do things that make you feel healthy, do things that makes you feel right about yourself. And to me, and my daughter, I mean, I really can't really sit in my daughter right now, but for my son as aspect, he, he called and he was like, yeah, mom, we're lifting weights and we've got to do this and we got to do that. Now I'm drinking all my water and I'm eating all my vegetables. And I look back to myself and that was like, that was me and his dad instilling in him the right things to eat. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of how I approach um, the fad diets and mm. the the things like that. And I, I really hope that they, I hope my children have an open mind to ask me what's going on and get right here first before you look outside at the, you know, the, my son's in the Instagrams and the Facebooks and mm-hmm. social image. Everybody is different, but if you look at the heart and soul, if you look at your heart, you can be the prettiest person on earth, but if you have an ugly heart, it makes the whole image just fade away. Yes, that yeah. is so true. We start to have these conversations mm-hmm. with my girls about popularity. Yes. You know, because you'll see things on TV about the popular girl and how the popular people are mean. Then on the other hand, we'll be like, well, I'm not popular. Or I want to be popular. And I'm like, okay, well, you have to look at these people, look at their heart. Are they mm-hmm. popular for their outside Right. The way they look or are they for how they treat people? Because it's all in how they treat people. That's right. how, that's what needs to matter. Yes. This episode is sponsored by Her Circle, the supportive and welcoming community for moms created by Her Health Collective. Her Circle is a welcoming and supportive community for moms who are passionate about making change for themselves, their families, the community, and the world. Together, this village of women are revolutionizing the way moms take care of themselves. 
from an active private online community and the incredible daily chats hosted there to our many virtual gatherings, including support groups, mom's night out, volunteer opportunities, book club, family adventures, coffee chats, and so much more. We love providing moms the chance to connect and create authentic relationships with one another. The network of experts in her circle are a phenomenal resource and provide great learning experiences for moms on topics ranging from women's health to parenting. We cover the issues that matter to moms the most, from virtual expert Q&As to one-on-one -on -one Wellness Minute consultations and support groups. We are committed to getting moms in front of the information, experts, and support they need most. To learn more about Her Circle, head to www.herhealthcollective.com slash her-circle. We have a limited number of spaces and the doors only open a few times a year. So be sure to add your name to the no obligation waitlist so you are the first to know when the doors officially reopen. You know, my son's great to go to college and he he's my he's my shy one. And then my, of course my daughter's my social butterfly. I tell my kids, you can have all the education in the world. You can have all the college in the world. I mean, you can be the genius of the earth, but if you don't have any social skills, none of that, none of that matters. Like you've got to learn how to communicate with people. You've got to learn how to speak to people. And it all comes from right here. Yeah. And life is so much harder if you don't have those social yes. skills, those communication skills. Yeah. We touched on it a little bit. You and Cindy mentioned popularity. You had mentioned training bras. Parenting girls can be extremely challenging and it presents its own sort of unique challenges, especially, yes. you know, as they approach coming of age and all of these things shift in their world. It happens with boys too, but it's different with girls. Yes. It, it has these unique demands. And unfortunately, it also has a society that in many ways still deems girls as less than. Yes. Girls on the Run states that it unleashes the confidence and inner strength she needs to boldly pursue her dreams. Yes. Aisha, what about our society makes programming like this needed for girls? What, what are the challenges that girls are facing that require this building of confidence and inner strength? Once again, Girls on the Run is evidence-based. And I gave you an example of how things work with Girls on the Run, especially with the family as a whole. To answer that question, we instill skills that we know that these girls will use in any type of dilemma that they may have. And not only dilemma, but any type of situation. And a situation could be good, it could be bad, it could be something medium. But the program that we instill into these girls families, coaches, volunteers, community as a whole leads back to those social skills. How will they use those skills to get them out of any situation to help them move further? For example, if we, if Girls on the Run didn't exist, and, and I'm going to use myself an example, and I don't know if y'all had this or not, but I look back on many opportunities that I could have used Girls on the Run when I was younger that would probably push me to a different better avenue and outcome of the situation. Mm -hmm. Example is I lived in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I went to elementary school there in Parser Middle. Then I moved to a rural area of East Tennessee, 
Knoxville, I was, there was only one white person there. When I moved, I was the only black, well, there was two of us. I was the only black kid there, different culture, different mindset, had braids in my hair. These kids never seen anybody's hair braided with beads. So of course I stuck out like a sore thumb. How I, how I kind of approached it was don't touch my hair, you know, because kids would come up and touch my hair, you know, while you're looking at me, because I'm black. That's how I came out at it. Of course, when you go aggressive with somebody, what's happening? They're going to come back aggressive with you. So I got into a couple fights over, you know, people touching my hair, calling me names that I've never been called before. Because you got to remember, as a kid, I was in a setting that I was comfortable in. But when we moved, I was in a setting I thought as a child I had to put my guard up because honestly, I've, I've never seen that many people that didn't look like me in a classroom setting. After going over the curriculum, which is a curriculum base, after reading through the programming, after being a coach, after seeing the girls at the Boys and Girls Club change, now that I know I was really culture shocked and didn't know how to handle it. So I look at that instance, I looked at the instance, and when I'm reading through the section where it teaches you how to breathe, teaches you how to educate some people that are uneducated about your culture, I could have went at that a different way and probably had lifelong friends and we could have laughed about it now. This time last year, (laughs) it still hit me to my soul because, of course, I didn't have girls on the run at this time. Well, two years ago, it got to the point that even when I saw them on Facebook, I blocked them. And then remember, this is in sixth and seventh grade. I still had that. They're probably still racist, you know, (laughs) But now that I look back at it, it's like I've unblocked them at it as a friend. They're educated. Uh, I saw one of the girls that I got into a tuffle with uh, has a biracial family now. So I feel like if I had something like Girls on the Run to help me deal with that type of culture shock, I wouldn't have that animosity all those years, which holds heavily on the brain, your heart. It just makes you look at society like everybody's a racist when it's really... I should have just been, I should have had girls on the run. That's, that's, the, that's the whole, that's the whole gist of it. Well, really girls on the run is a toolkit. It, yes. it, it's essentially teaching these girls. And I mean, I think about our generation when mm-hmm. we were growing up, we weren't taught these kind of skills. We weren't taught these like social soft skills right. that, that a lot of girls or women, I should say, grow up to rely on, but then think of how much more powerful those skills will be if you start learning them and implementing them at a young age and how many situations like what you just described, how many situations you could navigate at a young age with more grace and poise. I mean, even however you choose to respond to whatever situation life throws, I I always think of bullying situations in schools. Even if you choose to not respond, I guess, in, in a way that's pulling from your, your toolkit, it's still something that's in the back of your mind. It's yes. something that as you're walking away from the situation, you can have that wherewithal, that metacognition to think like, oh, I probably could have handled this differently. Absolutely. And then the next time it happens, it, you probably will. And, right. and it's, a, it's a lifelong skill. I'm right. still working on it as an adult. It just, as you mentioned, I'm still working on it, yes. but I, I think it's because I didn't really learn those things as a kid. It, it right. just wasn't taught in our generation. 
it's like you have that, like I call it a mini reunion in the in your mind, like, oh man, I remember that. If I only knew what to do in that situation instead of being so aggressive. Mm-hmm. And and we always and I always tell people that we always think of kids as keep them kids, keep them, you know, young, but they are going to hit adult situations that we call as adult situations. It's a situation that is going to hit you. This is a life situation that is going to hit you. Now, could I went to my mom? Probably not because she would, you know, she, she went to school in the fifties and sixties. So it could have turned a whole different way. Just as an African-American woman, she was probably gonna be ready to fight the mama because just the way <laughs> her life was going. So it's just skills that we need in society. And I always tell, we have a lot of school counselors that come to us and say, can we please bring the program? This program really needs, it's like personal finance. We really need personal finance starting at middle school and high school. We really need girls on the run starting at elementary, middle school. And what did you learn in high school? It's just things like that, that society is, is slowly catching on. I will say that. We do have a lot of counselors that's calling us and saying, can we have this program? So that is one good thing that is slowly catching on that this is working, you know? We were actually touring elementary schools. My daughter is about to start kindergarten. And that was one of the things I, I, it was uh, in the pro list as I looked at schools, if they had the girls on the run programming. So, I mean, I, I hear that. Do you have any words of wisdom or sage advice, maybe a piece of hope? that you can offer parents of young children, but specifically young girls? Yes. My parenting skills might be different than yours. Your parenting skills might be different than mine, but do what's best for your family. Listen. I know I was raised in a generation where when your mom speaks, you're and don't back talk. Yeah. As a mom, think about what back talk is. Listen to what they have to say and talk to them as a family unit. People might not want to think about it, but a family is kind of like a business. Yeah, yeah. really have to hear everybody's opinion. And the only difference is us parents have a little bit more knowledge and the kid's brain is still soaking up as a sponge. So sometimes they can't dissect what's right, what's wrong. And it's our job as parents to lead them to that path. And that path might be girls on the run. That path might be uh, religious reasons. That path might be many other reasons. But I always tell parents, stop, look, and listen. Oh, I love that. That's so powerful. Thank you so much, Aisha. I really like that. You're welcome. You're welcome. I do. I love that, what you just said. Stop, look, and listen. It's, it's true because a lot of times we just jump to our own ingrained response to it. So it's our fears basically that come into play. So our child isn't eating their vegetables. And so we're telling them to eat their vegetables because we're down 10 years and they've got rickets from not having enough, you know, so we take it to the ultimate extreme Yes, because we love our children and want the best for them. Right. So this has been such an amazing chat with you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. So much fun, Aisha. It was so wonderful to connect with Aisha and learn more about how the Girls on the Run program is changing the lives of girls and families across the United States and parts of Canada. 
After today's conversation, we left with these three takeaways. Number one, the Girls in the Rune program is so much more than running. When girls participate in the program, they are not subjected to the false claims of diet culture that pushes messages about skinny being prettier or healthier. Girls are not given messages about shrinking their bodies. They are learning tools that will help guide them through life's precarious events. They are learning how to make choices that will complement a healthy lifestyle in whatever way that may look to them. Number two, counter to society's messages, the human body is supposed to change throughout our lives. The way we looked in high school will not be the way we look indefinitely. Aisha said, get in your mind a perspective of what's healthy for you and what image is right for you. Forget what the world says. Let the queen come out in you, do what's right for you, and strive to respect, honor, and be confident with what your body feels like at any size. Number three, everyone's parenting techniques are different. It's important to do what's best for your family. Aisha encourages parents, regardless of their parenting style, to listen to what kids have to say and talk to them as a family unit. Aisha stressed the importance of hearing everyone's opinion. I loved when Aisha said something to the effect of, as parents, we have a bit more knowledge while the kid's brain is still soaking up as a sponge. So sometimes kids can't dissect what's right and what's wrong. And it's our job as parents to guide them and be mindful to always stop, look, and listen. High five, friend. We've enjoyed hanging out with you. Follow us to be the first to know when we drop a new episode. If you've enjoyed your time with us, let us know by leaving a review. We always love hearing from you. Until next time, stay true to you.